Hi, I'm Natasha. And I'm Penny. And you're listening to The Wibs, the podcast for women in business. We're here with practical, real advice to help you get ahead at work. Without the BS. We'll be the work wives you've always wanted. Let's go. Hi, I'm Tash. I'm Penny. And welcome to our Wednesday Wibs Whip. Today, we're going to be speaking about four unpopular opinions and business practices at work. Yes. So... We love an unpopular opinion. Our life is full of them. Oh, look, I think I think especially with this episode, I, the last one we got a bit of feedback on and it was like, I think <laughs> we want to keep within the controversial topics, keep it with things that, you know, you might not agree with everything. But look, I think when coming up with this list, we were both kind of like, oh, <laughs> is this okay? Is this not? But... I don't think this is done in many businesses, but for ours, this is what's helped us. Yeah, I also think none of us have had, or either of us, I should say, have had a really traditional corporate business experience. So I That's feel like point. when we talk to a lot of different people, we're kind of like, well, no, I don't do that at work or yes, I definitely do do this and why don't you? So I think it's, it's kind of a cool way to sort of surmise our experience and the difference in experience that we've had and and why it works for us because from being in a very strict kind of corporate environment versus the more, I guess, relaxed and less traditional environment of a startup, more of an entrepreneurial environment, these are some things that we've taken on board with us and I think that anyone should really consider this moving forward and if done well and if done with boundaries, it can work for a lot of people. Yeah, and I think that main word there that you said, boundaries, especially with the first one, um, boundaries are important but in our experience it's been what has made our business thrive. Yeah, exactly. So to kick it off, our first unpopular opinion is we are friends with our employees. So bit of a controversial one and I think because I'm, I'm sure that there are a myriad of ways that this could potentially go wrong. And a lot of reasons. A lot of people will probably hear this and be like, um, that is absolutely not correct. Yeah, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> you no, you should separate business and pleasure yeah. or whatever they say. HR absolutely loves this idea. Yeah, but exactly. I think the reason why we are like this, so there is a lot behind supervisors or leaders or bosses who are friends with their employees. Basically, you can offer more of a direct support because you you can better anticipate your employees' needs. So, you know, if I can see that one of my colleagues is upset because I have a personal relationship with someone, I'm able to be able to better anticipate what's going to happen next or how we can better work together or how I should approach versus just going in hard like we're strictly business. Yeah, and you, you also start working out what motivates somebody as well. Like mm-hmm. if somebody, if you get to know their family and you, you start realising, okay, that, that person in particular or maybe they want to start a family and you start thinking, okay, that's, that's what's going to motivate this person more than the next. I think building a healthy relationship with your employees employers is important because it's like and 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 this is something that we probably haven't done much in our careers um penny and i but it's like when you look at you know people take out their client their salespeople, and they take out their client to build that rapport and they build that friendship with a client in order for them to continue to you know do business with them and build that trust well I believe that you should treat your employees in the same manner, you know, take them out for a drink, get to know them outside of work so you can truly understand what motivates them because you shouldn't look after your client more or less than you look after your employees. Yeah, that's a really good point. And you're right, we've always worked in traditionally more smaller businesses where 
and this sounds toxic but it's really not we love it because they have become like our workplace has become like our family I know I really I understand why people hate that word I get it and I and I understand the stigma behind it and you know like oh pizza parties and how like let's solve everything with pizza but I think when done right it is more powerful than anything else when done right and creating that you know family type environment whereby you look after each other whereby you treat each other with respect the same way you would your parents like I think in that situation I think it's actually a really beautiful thing to cultivate within an environment yeah not culty absolutely not get the cold if you're not part of the family you're out but I do think it's really really important to have that connection with people that you work with because the reality of it is you are spending eight hours a day five days a week I'm assuming, right? Whether or not, whether you work from home, whether it's hybrid, whether you're in the office, mm-hmm. you were chatting, you were communicating, you were filling up your space with these people. If you do not value them, like them, respect them, or just genuinely want to be around them, you are going to find that very difficult and you're going to be filling up your life with majority of people that you don't enjoy. And I don't think, like, you wouldn't do that. Like if you were given that opportunity, would you choose that? I don't think so. No, it's not a great way to spend eight hours a day if you don't like anyone. But what we will preface all of this by saying is, like we said at the top of the episode, healthy boundaries are important here as well. Like, yes, you want to be friends with people at work and that's important, but also you want to make sure that, you know, you do put a little bit of buffer, a little bit of space in between the two until it gets to the point maybe where you're on the same level in terms of career path or then it's not necessarily like it's a, a supervisor and a like a sort of an underling type of relationship. Of course, there's like respectful, healthy boundaries to put in place. But overall, to sum it up, we definitely back being friends with your employees. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think the next one would be, and again, like this is this is like I see the benefits of both because I think in one, in another episode, I spoke about the the reasons why this is so important to have in a business. But what we're what we're talking about here is we don't believe in titles. Now, to be really clear with this, do your job regardless of your title. Like it, it, the tight job title should not distract you from what your career goal is. You know, doing something you love, something in sync with your values and something that makes you feel accomplished as an individual. I'll give you an example. I've been general manager for almost eight years and to be completely transparent, I don't think I was doing the role of a general manager to its full capacity. I was a lot more in the e-commerce sales and marketing space versus what I'm assuming your traditional general manager would be doing, whether it's, you know, working on the P&Ls, whether it's coming up with different ways to save money, profit um, projects, all of that kind of thing. Whilst all of that did play a part in my role, I was, you know, the reason my role and my title was general manager was, like I've said in the past, because we Googled it and we were like, okay, we need somebody who we need to give you some kind of title that will show new newcomers to respect you. And unfortunately, that's sometimes what a title does do. But at the same time, don't live or die by what that title is. Yeah, I think that's a really good way to put it. And again, like we've got dramatic sweeping statements at the start, like we don't believe in job titles. To an extent, we do. But what we're trying to say is a job title is just a job title. It's what you bring to the role and how you back it in that gives meaning to it. Because I can be called CEO, but it doesn't really mean anything unless I'm actually able to action and and set up a business plan around what that title means. And I think that, yeah, it gives a rough idea of who a person is and what what 
performance mechanism they bring to a business but each individual is going to bring a different flavor to that role in that position you know no two marketing managers are the same oh i couldn't agree with that more i was just about to say that like you know that from building a team from scratch mm-hmm. like you've built a, te- a marketing team from yourself to now an amazing team but you know building in those roles sometimes you hire someone for a certain role like when we didn't know i remember we were like hmm okay let's make this person like social media and PR coordinator yeah. and then we had them in and we're like no okay you're actually doing so much more we need to you know you need to switch this about and exactly titles are fluid like titles especially look again in our in our experience and this is our experience with startups we, we started from a business you know that was was it was a good it was a healthy business but then we scaled up to you know 40 mil business within a matter of Yes. So it was a huge, huge scale up process for us. So for us, we were like, well, okay, we've got to scale up a team. We've got to scale up the, we had a, you know, the operations side. There was just so much to do in such a short amount of time. So in our experience, we couldn't really be precious with titles. It was just like, get the job done, get the job done. Yeah. I understand in bigger, uh, like especially government jobs, like you don't mess with your title. <laughs> like that is like you do not mess with titles in that situation. But in, in our experience, the reason that we don't feel like there's that much uh, heaviness around a title is because we've seen it work both ways. Yeah. I mean, that being said, you don't, you don't want a fluid brain surgeon or anything like that. You know, that's the title that people will stick to. But exactly. I feel like, in yeah, especially in our industry, we have that level of, I guess, flexibility to, to grow it and make it what you want it to be. But definitely in our experience, we don't believe in that. And, and it's something that we like to kind of distance ourselves from because it gets in the way of what's important, which is the work. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so tip number three, we don't believe in professional language. So I, when I, this is, oh my goodness, I cannot stress this enough. Professional language, we do, you do not need to use the jargon to make yourself sound better. In my opinion, I believe that you can communicate the same thing without the words. Now, I understand sometimes it's necessary, but oh my goodness, sometimes I'll go into situations and especially because I'm not from a corporate background and I'll be like, all right, so we're going to circle back to the web and we're going to do this and we're going to do this and the KPI is like, we're, we're using them as part of our jargon now because we've had to assimilate to the environment. But the reality of it is like, you can still say things without big words, <laughs> without, yeah. without the jargon necessarily. I completely agree. What There's nothing that frustrates me more when you walk into a meeting and it's so heavily laden with, I guess, this is going to sound very inarticulate, but the way that people talk, it, it's so fluffed up with big words for no reason and you actually miss the real point of what someone is trying to say. Like I feel like when, when someone is – saying these words like you know we're gonna have the ROAS and the KPI and and yes they're important and yes they're relevant to like our industry but when you're talking that way and you're I guess having these levels of conversation with people it just gets in the way of of getting to the point and exactly that's a good way of putting it it gets in the way of getting to the point I couldn't agree more unpopular opinion number four we don't believe in advertising on all platforms okay so Again, another bit of a nuanced one, but the reason why we don't believe in this is it basically boils down to three main areas. It boils down to our brand differentiation, understanding your audience and relevance for your brand on each individual platform. So I think the best way to sort of sum up 
one like this is you can't be all things to all people. And I think that if you are advertising across every platform, taking a scattergun approach, it can really dilute your efforts when it comes to marketing, especially. And you've got so much that you can spend regardless of your budget. Like even if you've got a huge budget, you want to be maximizing your return on ad spend and your return on and everything. And I think one of the biggest things that I've noticed with agencies in particular and it's you know I sound like a broken record but it's they will prioritize impressions over conversions and to to dull that down so it's not sounding like professional jargon because I don't I want to practice what I preach the difference is impressions is how many eyes are on your ad whereas conversions is how much money you make and how many people that and how many eyes turn into buyers and you know a lot of the times they kind of use advertising in the same way that you'd use a billboard when you're driving down the road and you see, um, they call it brand awareness, which I, I, as a marketer myself, a brand awareness is hugely important. However, you do need to break up your budgets to allow for brand awareness versus conversions. And if you're really going after that return on ad spend, you're not going to be finding it in a brand awareness campaign. And it's the same way with a billboard. Like, you know, when you buy space in a billboard, you're spending up big like you're spending tens of thousands of dollars with no I wouldn't say with no guarantee that anyone's going to buy it mm. they're going to see it they're going to look at it and they say you know you should they people have to see your brand I think it's something like five to eight times or something before they buy it so I understand the importance of brand awareness but I just think that we have come quite a long way in marketing whereby brand awareness can come once you've got a really good conversion funnel set up in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I also think that you want to you want to tailor it to your brand. So we we've worked we've worked in e-commerce for a long time. For us going out and using the billboard example again. For us sometimes the idea of putting ourselves on the billboard does seem a bit insane when we can focus our advertising efforts on things that we can actually directly measure and attribute conversion to. So, and again, not to, not to go into the the heavy words and the jargon there, but basically we can see who is buying directly from our ads. And I think that's really important. So and like web visitors and remarketing and that bottom funnel, which is all, you know, you can, we, we've gotten to a point where every single person that interacts with your brand, even looks at one of your ads, goes onto your website, looks at one of your blogs, um, goes onto your Instagram, you can you can directly target them through advertising. So when you're saying, you know, that big spread approach, I completely understand that because you could do that. You could absolutely do that. Or you could get really tight with it until you can make enough to reinvest into that huge brand awareness campaign. Yeah, that's exactly right. So those are our four unpopular opinions and business practices at work. They are controversial a little bit, but we hope you enjoyed them today. And if you have any other topics or areas that you'd love us to focus on in our upcoming episodes, please send us an email, DM us on Instagram. We're always open to hearing your feedback and your ideas for topic episodes. Thank you so much for listening. Please rate and subscribe and we shall see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.